Hey everybody, welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast, episode 148. It is me, your host Evan, here with the All-American Conservative, the still black Solomon Tack. Guys, a lot of stuff going on, but before we get into it, just a reminder to visit our website at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com. There you can find all of our articles, videos, and links to our shows, not to mention our amazing snowflake melting merch, the profits of which help us spread the message of conservatism to help rid New York of its leftist oppressors, which we desperately, desperately need because it's getting even worse with Governor Cuomo claiming he's going to roll back the reopening of New York. But that is for another time to start today, guys. News out of Seattle. The commune formerly known as Chaz is now called CHOP. And the left is still in denial that this is occupied territory inside the city of Seattle, despite armed patrols and a semi-organized leadership. The media has characterized this as a peaceful protest, but people are saying differently with with violence and assaults going on at night. We know that a preacher was assaulted and they are already running out of food because they were robbed by the homeless people that they invited in. You know, people are being barred from accessing their businesses, from accessing their homes. This it's like I just said, it's essentially occupied territory attack. And the fact that the left is calling this literally the Seattle mayor called this the summer of love. Like, what the f- is going on? So do we we understand that uh what's the, the stages I always learn? You have storming, norming, performing, and, and like whatever sort the stages are, right? Whenever you get a gig a group of people together, everybody's friendly at first. They like each other. They're still trying to feel each other out. And then the second that somebody does something that you don't like, everything all falls apart and it's like disaster strikes. And that's that storming stage. So do you really think every leftist movement has imploded on itself? Each and every one. The Women's March, look at that imploded numbers went down immediately after it started what's to stop this from chop we already seen them fist fighting with each other in this little encampment they have what's the point of chop what are you doing why do you have things barricaded off why do you have uh why are you encamped out there there's no they always do stuff with no end game in sight they just do it no, really. And the whole thing is was not well thought out at all. Like I said, they were they, all the homeless people took all their supplies and they had to beg for donations from the outside. You claim that you're going to be self-sufficient. This is occupied territory, but you can only survive from outside donations. It's literally this is how communism works. It cannot sustain itself and has to be funded by capitalism. This is why when I tell people that I am fundamentally opposed to leftism and they go, why? I'm like, because it doesn't work. Not only, like you said, it's not going to work with this kumbaya bullshit. It's just not going to work. There's no motivation for people to come in and do the hard work and, and share. It, that's not the way human beings work. So someone's going to come in. They're going to do the farming, right? And then you're going to have a bunch of freeloaders come in, and you're going to have too many people, and you're not going to be able to feed everybody. That's the way it happens. That's the way it always happens. So didn't, didn't Bernie Sanders get kicked out of a commune for not wanting to work? Yep. Or is that a rumor? Oh, I don't, hey, if, if any Bernie supporters that are good friends with Bernie ever hears this, just ask him and, and see if he's willing to confirm or deny uh, if he's ever been kicked out of a commune for refusing to work. Or if anybody knows anybody that lived in that commune with Bernie Sanders, ask them to 
please update us on Bernie Sanders' laziness and refusal to work. And also, I would like to be updated on Bernie Sanders' child support payments. You know what's amazing? The left is so hypocritical. It's because, so when the, the right-wingers, right, were marching on, um, what was it, Governor Whitmer in, in Michigan with rifles, perfectly peaceable, everyone was like, oh, my God, these people are so horrible. How dare they? This is an armed revolution. But you literally have occupied territory in Seattle. And the left is in such denial that this is a problem that the mayor is calling it the summer of love. You, she has completely lost control of her city. You have armed revolutionaries taking over six blocks of territory. It, it's amazing. Their hypocrisy knows no bounds. Because so the, it, it's ridiculous. The Jim Brown Gun Club is out there armed and just holding down territory? Is that not a declaration of war? I mean, if I if I set up barricades and I have an armed patrol and I'm not letting people into their homes or letting police in, that sounds like occupied territory to me. And it's 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 so ridiculous because you don't have one leftist politician denouncing riots, denouncing Chaz, which is now CHOP. They're all like, oh, no, it's all justified. Everything we do is justified. But if President Trump says one thing that is mildly ambiguous about something, or even just coming out supporting the, the good police officers, the Democrats will attack them. They'll attack them. It's, it's crazy. It's completely chop. <laughs> it sounds like some horrible joke from some Arnold Schwarzenegger B-rate comedy. <laughs> well, well, because it was a, it was a zone, right? It was uh, whatever the hell it was. Capitol Hill something. Anarchist zone, whatever the crap. Who cares? Uh, People are retarded. And now it's Capitol Hill occupied protest. So now it's just the protest. It's not occupied territory because we didn't call it occupied territory. Socialism is not communism because we don't call it communism. It's, it's the optics. Every time we've spoken about it in previous episodes, how they will change and switch around the way they operate and what they talk about because everybody, politicians, no matter what side of the aisle they, they rest on, they understand that the human being has a very short attention span. Oh, Worse than goldfish, even bass have a 20-day memory of what the last lore they bit on was, and they won't bite on it again. For Dude, all these, all these people month. forgot about coronavirus. Just, they, oh, thousands and thousands of people outside to huddle together for, for BLM protests. Coronavirus is gone. Everyone forgot about coronavirus. <laughs> It's nuts. And they'll, they'll, oh, no, 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 no. We didn't mean occupied. It's not occupied in, in that sense of the word. This is a, just a protest. Words only mean that what we want them to mean, not what they actually mean. At least when Huey P. Newton did it, he did it the right way. He said, I have a law that I want to get passed, much like we did in Richmond. Got his, got his, his group, got his guns, and they went down to the uh, – Capitol Hill walked right in and said, here goes the law, it's drafted, sign it. Laws got passed. But but these guys, they, they're doing the same thing they did in, in what was it, Zakati Park? What's the name of the park in New York? Oh, the Occupy Democrats crowd? Yeah. The that, Occupy Wall Street? Oh my gosh. I couldn't get a job in finance, therefore Wall Street is completely corrupted, and uh, someone give me a job. It's like, dude, go get a job somewhere else. 
Yeah, I'd love to play in the NHL. It's not going to happen. Should I boycott the NHL because it's not fair? Come on. It, 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 the left has literally been throwing a temper tantrum for the, at least the last 15 to 20 years. It's really ridiculous. And the fact that leftist politicians... Well, since the 1800s. Dead, listen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> since the slaves were freed. But the, if you look at it this way, right? The left hates guns, right? They're trying to ban all the guns. The mayor won't even denounce the use of AK-47s inside of her own city to occupy territory. They, the left is going to end up eating itself because they are so hypocritical, because all the ideologies are hypocritical, because people don't operate that way. This whole, you know, it's just, it's nonsense. You know what's funny is uh, we had... We had an entire, what, 20,000-something people, mm-hmm. mostly all armed, not one fight, not one argument, not even a person bat in the eye at the other person. Because people don't want to get shot. But, time out, <laughs> Seattle, armed militia groups that are leftists, all of a sudden, boom, fist fights. They're angry. They're kicking down each other's tents, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, but it's a love fest. Well, that, it's also because only certain people have guns. So the people with guns probably aren't getting in the fights. It's probably the people without guns who are fighting each other. Or the people with guns fighting, starting fights against the people who don't have guns. Probably got mad because they were having like some weird it clown orgy and <laughs> somebody else lasted longer than the other and didn't want to leave their husband. tent. But it, it's amazing. Like, it is so frustrating. And people on the left will be like, well, if you, I guarantee if I asked any leftist that I know, what do you think about chopping the arm? Well, we're not talking about that. If you're trying to talk about that, then you don't care about uh, black people being hunted and murdered by the police. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something different right now. I can, we can talk about multiple things in the span of a conversation, which is what we do all the time here. But the left wants to always change the subject whenever they're presented with facts. They never want anything to go against them. It's always believe exactly as I believe, or you're racist, or you don't care, or you're a bad person. And that's just, that's just not the truth. Not the truth at all. And uh, a conversation that I was having earlier, you get one person that is willing to talk, or you get one side that's allowed to talk, and the other side will immediately get shut down. We have somebody out here that put up a Blue Lives Matter sign and all hell broke loose over the Blue Lives Matter. It was a flag, not a sign. Yeah, because how dare you protect good cops because there's less than 1% bad cops. Like, it, it's so ridiculous. It's so childish. The whole leftist movement is based off of childish thinking. It's if you don't believe exactly as I believe, then you don't care. Listen, I'm going to say it right now for the 10 millionth time. I 100% support police officers who do the right thing, who do their job, who enlist to protect people, and who do not abuse their power. That is literally 99, I'm going to say 99.8% of cops out there. I'm willing to go that high. I do not support the 0.2%, as I know most of the other cops won't either. Good cops don't support bad cops. I do not support the two, the point two percent that do the wrong thing, that abuse people, that abuse the rights of the citizenry. I don't agree. I support them at all. They should be they should be arrested when they commit crimes. They should be tried, and if found guilty, they should be sent to jail. 
They are not above the law. We've said it a million times. The guy, Derek Chauvin, where the hell tell me you pronounce his name, he should go to jail. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the autopsy report said. You had your knee on the guy's neck for eight minutes. Okay? It, somehow, it definitely contributed to his death. It was private. Nothing, yeah, nothing else matters. It doesn't matter if he was having a heart attack before you did it. You then held your knee on his neck for eight minutes. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. So it, what, that's going to play itself out. The other officers have been charged. But it's it's just they own it, it. They're so small minded. They're so small minded, immature. They don't want to see the bigger picture at all. They just want to throw a tantrum. That's that's a good segue though, because and I'm gonna get into a real quick story. So everybody, buckle your seatbelts because this one's good. So last night, uh, me and my girl decide that we want to go nighttime fishing. So she has this, this, and it's rainy, it's windy, it's kind of cold outside, and she gets the bright idea that let's go down to where the surf is at and let's fish off the, the beach. So we go to an area where there is a fishing pier that you're supposed to pay for, and the closest ATM to that fishing pier is about four miles away. So you find out you got to pay it's $10 per person, do we want to drive the eight miles back and forth in the rain and just to get the $10, the $20 really pay the $20 in cash. And they didn't even have bait. We had bait already, thankfully, but uh, we wanted to add on to what we have. So this is like the stargazing path in New York. <laughs> exactly. Come on people. So we go to an area because it's nighttime and the beach is closed. So we go to an in-between area between the bit, the uh, fishing pier in the beach where the water is deep enough but shallow enough for the little fish to be going after the crustaceans and all that other stuff. Fishermen that are listening know what I'm talking about. So anyway, they come out, they're looking at us, we're doing our thing. They wait for the first cast to go out, turn their behinds back around, go into their little shop part where you're supposed to pay for the damn thing. Mm -hmm. And about an hour into it, police show up. (laughs) bunch of Karens out there, dude. So the interesting part of the story is that I have a gun on my hip and a balaclava on my face with my face completely covered up. Are you a ghost? Are you a ghost right now? (laughs) A camouflage fucking raincoat on. Oh, God, you must look like a terrorist. (laughs) Exactly. You see my bushy eyebrows? I don't know whose eyebrows are worse. Charlemagne the guides from the Breakfast Club or oh mine? <laughs> so all they see is the bushy ass eyebrows, the tan skin, and eyeballs. Okay, dude, you definitely looked like Osama bin Laden's cousin or something. Like that, they must black. be like, oh my god, Al Qaeda is back. So in my mind now, I'm thinking, okay, we just had how many people die in a row from police shootings? It's either going to go that route because of how I'm dressed and how I look, or I'm going to have a $400 fine. I'd rather get shot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I have $400 lying around. If I get shot, at least I can sue them. Maybe I'll get some more money. You know what the cop did? He hops out the car for a quick second, goes, I'm so-and-so from this police department. Uh, the park's closed. Turns around, jumps back into the car, drives off. <laughs> He's probably like, I, I'm not getting paid enough to deal with this shit. He probably saw you was like, I'm not getting on the news. This is not happening. So that goes to show 
with this whole narrative of all of it's based off of race. Tupac shot cops, got away with it. I stood in front of a cop doing something that I probably should not have been doing. Looking like a terrorist. Looking like a terrorist, completely armed, and got away with that. Oh, for those of you listening, even though I said it before, remember, Tech is black. Even though he is not voting for Joe Biden, he is still black. We've established this before. So this completely destroys the narrative. Listen, the numbers don't <laughs> lie, but you can't tell you can't tell numbers to a leftist. They'll never they'll never accept it. Even uh, my voice, because I said, yes, sir. If you can tell I I put on my best Barry White impersonation. Yes, sir. Hey, baby. <laughs> you wanna come fishing with us? He had no mistakes that I was black. <laughs> Did you yell Trump 2020 when he got out of the car? <laughs> anybody just thought you were white. <laughs> then he, at that point, he would have just Spartan kicked me into the water. <laughs> he actually probably would have wrote you a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking white boy knows better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Big news coming out of the White House today. President Trump has signed an executive order for police reform across the country. Now, while we just said I completely support good cops, there are some really good things in this police reform executive order. One of the big things is that money is supposed to be used now for training as opposed to mil- for military-style vehicles, which is important because the more tr- we haven't had a terrorist attack in this country since forever. So on the scale of 9-11 since 9-11. So having military-style vehicles is not really at the top of the list for police departments, or it shouldn't be. The issues that are happening now, a lot of them, not George Floyd. The George Floyd incident happened because that officer is a complete scumbag and a moron. Okay, But the other, other, a lot of other issues are from bad training. So if you invest more money in training, if you give officers the opportunity to become better trained, you avoid more incidents. Now, you still have to have the population trained. Don't fight the, don't go around committing crimes and fighting the police. Don't, don't try to take an officer's gun. Don't be Michael Brown and try to murder a police officer in front of his, inside of his own car. Don't do those things. But a lot of other issues, excessive use of force, other training issues can be solved with better training. Some of it's better hiring, but a lot of it does, can, should come from better training. So that is very good. It also... Um, is supposed to protect the constitutional rights of the people. So if an officer is found to violate the constitutional rights of the people, they are open to lawsuits and jail time and all these other things, which again is very good because enforcing things such as the SAFE Act or unconstitutional lockdowns should be punished yeah. because these things violate the constitution. Their oath is to the constitution. If you violate the constitution, then you should be held accountable. But even though the president did come out and say that he met with community leaders, he let with, met with law enforcement professionals, and that he met with the families of Amud Arbery, Botham Jean, Antoine Rose, Jamel Robertson, Atiana Jefferson, Michael Dean, Darius Tarver, Cameron Lamb, and Everett Palmer, and described them as people who had suffered greatly and who were incredible people. The left will give him no credit for anything. Mm-hmm. As Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, the dickhead from New York. Oh, no, wait, sorry. That says Democrat. My bad. Um, no, no, dickhead was right. Sorry. Uh, denounced the move as a cheap effort to offset years of inflammatory rhetoric and policies. Just a completely asinine statement from Chuck Schumer, as always. It's really, it, it, 
it's he wants nothing less than the president to come out and say that he's going to defund every single police department. The only way the president can win with Democrats is to say, I'm going to enforce all leftist policies. That's it. Not that I'm going to meet you in the middle. Not that we're going to add some of your stuff to some of the stuff that has good ideas, even though none of it really does. It's unless the president is willing to either step down or enforce all the leftist agenda, he will never get any credit from any Democrat in Congress. It is so disgusting how the Democrats have behaved in the last week and a half. And the fact that Chuck Schumer, instead of saying, hey, this is a good step, but we want more, just goes, no, it's no, it's no good. You know, I was when I when I read the executive order thing, I got really nervous because even even with our great president, uh, President Trump, I still don't want the federal government to step too far into what's going on in states, cities and counties. Sure. We have to we have to keep federalism in order, which Trump has done pretty well. Good job. of. Exactly. Uh, But when I looked into what's listed, which you you named. I was like, that's really not bad at all. That's something that should have been done a long time ago. And he didn't overreach either. Lord knows that's what we want to avoid is is federal overreach. Yeah. Including uh, something about cops fucking with your your constitutional rights is exactly what the federal government has the power to do. It's actually exactly what he should do. Because the police should not be violating, violating the constitutional rights of anyone. I don't care if you're a career criminal, your constitutional rights should still not be violated. And and this is what the left doesn't understand, is that the normal people on the right, not the far right, not people like Nick Fuentes, who is just an authoritarian who claims he's, you know, a constitutionalist. He doesn't even claim he's a constitutionalist. He's just an asshole. Sorry. That's uh, got a little off track. But this is what they should be doing, defending the rights of the people. And I am all for the rights of every leftist to say that they want leftist policies. But I'm also for me going, hey, you dum-dums, all your policies are stupid. And they can't just assume, and just not assuming that someone who doesn't agree with you is a racist or a terrible person or wants to go shoot up places because you want to own guns. It's, there is no understanding coming from the left. There is no acceptance of anyone who is not exactly like them. I fully accept their ability to be as dumb as possible and push these leftist policies. That is their right. That's fine. But they will never accept my right to disagree with them. Exactly. And I'll, I'll give a, a good example as to uh, why I agree with the training portion of it as well. Uh, so when I was doing my thing down in, in Okaloosa County, we had uh, two cops that decided that they wanted to um, handcuff some individuals and book them and bring them in for trespassing, which is completely and totally fine and legit. But what do you have to do before you arrest somebody for trespassing? You got to make sure that they knew they were trespassing. Yep. And if they didn't know that they were trespassing, then you have to issue them a uh, trespassing warning and then let them know if I catch you back in this area again, then you're going to be arrested for trespassing. It's like sexual harassment. If I tell an off-color joke at work, you can't just all of a sudden sue the company for sexual harassment. You have to, I have to be notified that my behavior was inappropriate Mm -hmm. and that it offended somebody. And then if I choose to do it again, which I probably wouldn't because I'm not that much of an asshole, especially at work. If I'm out there making money, I'm not out there to be an asshole. I'm out there to do my job. 
But if I then con- continue to be an asshole and do those things, yes, then we are open to it. So trespassing is kind of like sexual harassment. It's like <laughs> sexual harassment is the trespass trespassing on your feelings and your emotions. <laughs> so yeah, so that that's the the thing. If these two and they were pretty wet behind the ears, if they knew and understood that, even though it was just something very very simple, they could have avoided the outcome or the, the fallout that came after because there was a fallout and they got in the craps on the trouble for it. But and people make mistakes. People learn from the mistakes. Unfortunately, they ended up violating the rights of, of some specific individuals. Yeah, it's listen, it it's everything is complicated. It's not simple. And the left wants everything to be simple. They want it to be white supremacy is responsible for black for everything. Being shot by for every yeah for every, literally everything, never mind the fact that more unarmed white men. Remember, unarmed does not mean you were not a threat. Michael Brown was unarmed and easily could have murdered a police officer in his own car. So, it, it unarmed does not mean you are not a threat. But twice as many unarmed white men were killed by police than unarmed black men. But it's still about white supremacy. It, it's uh, it's garbage. What's funny about that is. They look, and I was talking to somebody else. Or I had a lot of conversations today. You're doing so much talking. A lot of conversations. I had to get it out of my heart, man. Like I know, dude. You've been off the show for a while. Like, come on, this is our it's getting space. built up, man. Like, really bad. But anyway, I'm telling them that everybody always wants to point the finger at somebody else, but they don't want to point the finger at themselves. Right. No one wants to look so, in the mirror. Before, let's say. Uh, Annabellum South, before the Civil War, how many black uh, slave owners did you have in South Carolina? It was probably like 600-something, probably more than that. I don't remember the exact number right off the bat. But you also had the even more in Louisiana and other places in the country. You had Native American slave owners. Uh, You had Native American slave owners. It wasn't just white slave owners. Civil War happens, boom. Just like American History X, some of the Southerners realized, holy crap, we might have been wrong. You had Northerners who then became bitter, and they felt like the freed slaves owed them something. And that they needed to to do just as much for them that they did for the, the freed slaves. So opinions and mind frames shifted all around the country after that. But right now... It becomes all white people did this to me. It wasn't just all white people. It was a system that was set up and unfortunately was set up in the wrong way. But every single culture that lived in this country at the time took part in that system. Black, white, Native American. I'm pretty sure some Mexicans probably owned slaves. Spaniards in South America definitely owned slaves. Yep. But you want to sit there and talk about, oh, because you're brown, we our, our fights are the same? Do you know if Lincoln didn't win the Civil War? Do you know what was next for uh, Jefferson Davis? Jefferson Davis was going to want to go to South America. Why was it advantageous for him to start having a conversation to, to free the slaves here? Because you've got fertile land right in South America. You free these slaves, you got all of a sudden, you got a whole army. You know? And that's just, that's what I believe he was moving with when he opened up the conversation of maybe we could free the slaves, you know? 
but you I mean, have to be willing to look at the whole of history and then look at what your actions are and where you landed because of your actions. I mean, slavery still exists inside of Africa. Mm-hmm. You act like it's this whole thing of blame white people is just absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that you have, like, listen, we talked about this before, but the fact that you have white people saying, I have look, the Hollywood video. Oh my God. Did you see the Hollywood video? No. All right. So we're gonna, we'll do that next time. The video of the Hollywood, uh, Hollywood leftist elite apologizing for white supremacy. We'll do that next time. Cause I want to give you time to watch it. Um, but the fact that you have these people washing the feet of black people, apologizing oh, for God. white privilege in the streets, it's so, it's just so lame. <laughs> it's so lame to go out and be like, it's my fault. Because of the color of my skin, you have been oppressed. So you're saying is because you're white, you have a better life than me. No, not than me. I'm white, but I'm Jewish. But I, I'm not even, I don't even know what's going on anymore, Tech. It's just so confusing. Let's just all be Americans. I like your, your stance. Your stance is we're all Americans. But it's so ridiculous to go to, like, I had a white person tell me, I, I literally told him, I go, you know, white privilege is an extremely racist concept. It tells you that you're better than a black person and you have an easier life than a black person because you're white. And she's like, but we do have white privilege. And I was like, I'm done. Can't talk. I can't talk to you anymore. It's so lame. It's so lame. It tr- they try to come off as caring, like, I feel for the underprivileged. And it's like, no, you don't. Someone just hurt you at some point in your life, or you're bored, or you're stupid. And that's why you ended up this way. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with the, the whole concept. All I want to do, honest to God, is work and take care of my family and work some more and take care of my family. And nobody bothers me. Not a cop, not the federal government, exactly. not Ralph Northam. Leave me <laughs> the fuck alone, Ralph. Dude, I, him and Cuomo together should get together and go to an island and just <laughs> bang it out. They're both so ridiculous. But, I mean, this is why when people ask me, like, oh, oh but you're a Republican. Yeah, I'm a registered Republican because we essentially live in a two-party system. And I want to be able to vote in primaries. Mm-hmm. But I'm very libertarian when it comes to a lot of things because for the most part, I want to live my life and be left alone. I'm not really a populist. I'm not. I understand there are a lot of people who've had him on the show who believe in that, and that's fine. Everyone can believe what they want to believe. But for the most part, I just want to be left alone and live my life. Exactly. And I feel like most people really do believe that, but they get sucked into this leftist just insanity, and they get pulled in when they're so uninformed. But if you would ask them three years ago, or right before Trump, how they felt, most Americans who are proud to be Americans are pretty libertarian, or con- I call myself a constitutional conservative, because I'm not super liberal. I'm not really a libertarian. But libertarian leanings. But it's just, we just want to be left alone. I just want to live my life. I don't want the government telling me what to do. And that's exactly. what Democrats, people who vote Democrat don't really get it. They think that the Democrats are the, are the party of the people. No, they're the party of the government. To expand the government, to give the government more control, it takes away your freedom. It takes away your ability to just live your life. That's what they don't get that. And I think that those buzzwords that they always say makes them feel much smarter than what they really are. Yeah, but when you say anything against them with facts or numbers, they have like a tantrum. You charlatariate you. Yeah, well, <laughs> when you bring, God, you charlatariate. When you bring up the fact that's, that states with less gun control and higher rates of gun ownership actually have less violent crime, 
They're like, well, those people go into other places to commit crime. No, no, that, that's not what happens. People aren't driving from Wyoming to go shoot up places in Chicago. It's just, that's, that doesn't happen. They live in this fantasy world that's been given to them by the left and by the media to believe that the government's the only thing that can save you when they all know that the government's corrupt. They all hate the government. I literally had my cousin tell me she wouldn't get an Alexa because the government could tap into it. And I'm like, then why do you constantly vote for big government candidates? They don't even understand their own system because they believe that it's not that. They believe that this is the 1960s and they're fighting for equal rights. Mm-hmm. Newsflash, everyone has equal rights. They do. You may not believe it, but they do. So what, what's the first thing that an oppressor does when they take over society? Take away guns. Well, outside of that. Oh. What did, uh, let's, let's go. Yeah, get, get rid of the competition. So that's what the, the most recent one that I know of, for sure, for sure. Cuba, at least on this side of the hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Did he not go and start getting rid of certain books and set up his own education? Yep. And they change the history, the change the message, get everyone on the get everyone on your page. That's what Castro yeah. did. That's why Bernie Sanders like we had a great literacy program. Yeah, because it was called re-education. <laughs> People are so they're so dumb. People are dumb. People so, are dumb. People are sheep. They are. I'm not a fan of the Confederate flag at all. I, in, in my opinion, I like what NASCAR did. I do like what NASCAR did because NASCAR pretty much sends a, a, a message, right? I think the Confederate flag belongs on the flag of Mississippi because of Mississippi's history. And I believe it belongs in museums. I feel like from for what it represents for a lot of people, if I threw on a Nazi flag and walked down the street, the first motherfucker that's going to come to fight me is going to be one of them people that flies that Confederate battle flag and tries to make the argument that, oh, that wasn't the, the real Confederate flag. That was a flag that was brought into battle, and we know exactly why the state seceded and why that flag was brought into battle. We get it. You lose that argument there. But with that being said, you can't topple those statues because when I went to Richmond and uh, my son asked me who was sitting on top of the statue, I was able to explain to him what that statue was, what that man's beliefs were, and why he decided to to fight and explain to him a little bit about fugitive slave clause and and states' rights versus uh, the rights of the federal government, et cetera, et cetera. Had he not seen that statue, we would have never thought to have that, that conversation, and he would have been not as smart today. But they don't want to have that conversation. That's the problem. They want to erase their history because what's the argument that is constantly being used now by the right, which I think is a good argument. It's that the Democrats were the party of the KKK. Mm-hmm. The Democrats were the ones that opposed slavery. Mm-hmm. So how does the left stop that argument? You erase the history of the Democratic Party. You don't allow it to be taught. You don't allow it to be seen. Mm-hmm. And then in 20 years, you go, that's not true. That's all you have to do. That's what all they have to do is go, that's not true. Yeah. So you get, and like we said in the beginning of the show, blacks fought in the Civil War on both sides. You have black slave owners in the South. Of course, they don't want to lose their slaves. It was business for them. Uh, you had Native Americans as slave owners in the South. Of course, they don't want to lose their slaves. It was good business for them. 
But for those who weren't uh, slave owners, those who were the slaves, or, or who, those who are descendants of those slaves, when they look at that, use your common sense. What do you think they're going to associate it with? Now, granted, uh, Little John wore it, Ludacris wore it. Several rappers have it on their album covers, just straight sporting it. So you can't have that. You didn't have an issue with it when Ludacris had it on his belt, his belt buckle. You didn't have an issue with it when Little John and the Eastside Boys was wearing it and had it hanging up in the background on their album covers. Well, because who's the ones complaining? It's white liberals. So white liberals can't go against the can't go against Ludacris because no, he's taking it back for his people. It's like the N word. This whole idea that you take back a word and it changes the meaning. I'm sorry, it's absolutely ridiculous. If I went around calling other Jews I know kike, it doesn't make it any less bad. I'm sorry, it makes me sound like an ignorant moron. That's what it does. So, but it's have you um have you read White Liberals and Black Rednecks by Thomas Sowell? I have not. I I'm should. in the middle of it right now. I highly recommend it. It's an amazing look at culture throughout history. He actually oh, goes back God. to explain the culture of the South and the the culture of the the cracker culture of the South actually came from the outskirts of England, where like that that redneck culture came from, and uh-huh. all those people immigrated to the South. And so then the culture in England, the people from the cities then immigrated outside of the cities and changed the culture on the countryside. So the redneck cracker culture, which started in England, it doesn't exist anymore in England because it mo- everyone moved to America. And then that culture over time transferred into the black community. It's amazing. Thomas Sowell is a genius. The fact that this guy is not celebrated during Black History Month is absolutely ridiculous. It just shows how absurd Black History Month is when you're not going to celebrate Thomas Sowell, who is one of the best economists of all time and one of the best writers that I've ever read. This guy is an amazing historian, and the book is unbelievable. White Liberals and Black Rednecks. I recommend everybody check that out. I've been called a redneck several times by several different people. I don't know how true it is. I guess just because I, I farm and, and fish, I don't know, but whatever. Oh, God. All right. Let's get into the last subject so we can get out of here. So Atlanta, which was out of the news kind of after the assault on CNN headquarters, is back in the news. Rashard Brooks, a 27-year-old who had been in prison for beating his children, who was a convicted felon several times over, was out of jail due to coronavirus, was also drunk and asleep at a Wendy's drive through The cops were called. They responded, he decided, hey, let me fight the cops. He then also decided, hey, let me grab the cop's taser and run. And then also decided to deploy the cop's taser at the cops. For those of you who don't know how this story ended, he was shot and killed. The shooting is being called justified by the police department. It's being called justified by many people on social media. And I'm in 100% agreement. If a taser is being ta- is taken from a police officer and deployed against them, that re- that requires a lethal response. Uh-huh. Because if I'm fighting for my, if I'm fighting against somebody on the ground, I need to retain my weapon. They get my taser and tase me. I now lose control over that weapon. What do you think this guy's going to do? Who's drunk at a Wendy's drive-thru? Who knows he's going back to prison for a lot longer now? What do you think he's going to do with that gun? He's probably going to shoot me in the head. 
So again, people are rioting. People are comparing this to George Floyd, which is absolutely ridiculous. I tell everyone this scenario is way closer to Michael Brown, who again tried to murder a police officer in his own car with his bare hands than it is to George Floyd. But guess what? The left is just lumping them all together. I'm, I'm gonna tell you why I'm slightly in the middle with with this uh, with the approach, and this is just going off of what I witnessed from that the camera viewpoint. This this is what I uh, I witnessed from that the camera viewpoint uh, in that car. So you see them fighting, and you have a clear image of them fighting. First and foremost, anytime I dealt with a, a drunk person, if I found them asleep in a, a position, like let's say I, I saw a person that was asleep at a traffic light, I just happened to roll up on them and, oh, that light was green, but they didn't go. And now it's red. Oh, it's green again and they're still not moving. And it's red again. Out what's going on. <laughs> I know that you are you were operating that vehicle because I found you at a position where you had no choice but to have been operating that vehicle. And now I see that you're inebriated. I did the FSTs on you. I made you do a breathalyzer. So now I had the probable cause from the initial part of the traffic stop. What made me stop to, to get out and check on you, which for them was the call from Wendy saying this guy's asleep in our drive through window. Then they went through and performed all of the field tests that they were supposed to, to perform. That's crime number one. He was calm at first until they said, oh, we're getting arrested. Or you're getting arrested. They should have cuffed him first. And and then, you got you to learn the tricks. You got to know you get him cuffed first. He starts fighting. He's able to, to get the taser. He deploys it. He gets away and starts running. I always learned not to fire on anybody unless they're presenting that immediate threat. He presented that threat, at least from that, the, the, uh, what you were able to see clearly at that point in time. And then when he ran, that threat of the taser wasn't necessarily there. You know, mm-hmm. I probably would have went to the point where I would have made a, a cordon. I would have got, if I wasn't able to catch him in a foot pursuit, got a K-9 unit out there. If helicopters are available, get a helicopter in the air, try to court on and, and then grow the court on out, depending on how the length of time. The danger comes in if we would have caught the man. After all of that, what's next? Is he going to have a weapon on him? Is it going to be some kind of standoff? Are we going to get out in the, in the shootout anyway? If we have to serve a warrant on him a few days later because we gave up a pursuit, What's going to happen to the officers that are trying to uh, serve that warrant? Looking at how he already acted to begin with. Listen, and this guy's a violent guy. He was in prison for beating his children. This is not some guy who, who wrote a bad check or who got too many speeding tickets. And listen, 100%, this could have been handled differently. Every situation can be handled 50 different ways. That's why police work is so difficult. That's what people don't understand. People really just don't understand how difficult police work is. They just don't get it. Listen, they could have waited for more backup. They could have cuffed him quickly. Listen, I worked in law enforcement for an extremely short period of time. We had a situation. It wasn't at a drive-thru. It was at a stop sign. Mm -hmm. But the car was running. The guy was passed out. Happened to be an illegal immigrant who 
did not speak at who claimed he didn't speak any English, even though he spoke English when we first pulled him out of the car. The first thing we did when we pulled him out of the car, because it took five minutes to get him awake. We almost couldn't get him awake. We almost had to call an ambulance. Was handcuffing immediately. Because now his hands are cuffed behind his back, and he, now he's not really a threat to me. If I have my foot where it needs to be, and he was standing up, you know, so I have my foot where it needs to be, not on his neck, and he's cuffed, now I've taken away the danger for the most part, mm-hmm. and I'm aware. So every situation could be handled in different ways. They could have handled it slightly better. A million different But in ways. terms of justified versus murder, it, in, my, in my opinion, it, there's, there's no doubt. Oh yeah, this was definitely this can definitely be judged as a, a justified shooting, based off the fact that he did have a weapon. Where if he was able to immobilize one of those cops, he could have easily, very easily, got one of their weapons and very, just as easily shot both of them. Because yeah. while one is uh, immobilized and the other one might already be grabbing onto him, it only takes a second to slide the gun out of the holster. Pop one and pop the other one. Too easy, especially with a taser and in close proximity. You know what? It really kind of, in my mind, I know this is not really part of the subject, but if you look at weapon retention and anyone who's worked in law enforcement and does any type of training with weapon retention, having multiple weapons on your body kind of puts you at a disadvantage in yep. that spot, which is why you're always taught that if, if, uh, if you're fighting on the ground with a suspect and they get hold of your baton, that you need to be ready to shoot them because mm-hmm. from the baton, it goes to them hitting you in the head, getting your gun and killing you. So it's kind of, you can't fight and retain two weapons at the same time because you only have two hands. So maybe there needs to be something looked at with that. I know we don't want to take good tools away from cops. Um, the taser is an extremely effective tool and can be used to subdue a subject without even firing it. People see the taser and they go, Oh, hell no. I don't want to mm-hmm. that. But I think police departments kind of got to look at that in terms of training and weapon retention of how you approach a combative suspect because you have multiple things on you and you don't want to end up, no cop, no good cop, sorry. No good cop goes out during the day and goes, hey, I want to get in a shootout today. They don't do that. Yeah. No one wants to kill somebody. There, I know plenty of cops who got in on-duty shootings that were completely justified and ended up retiring from the guilt of having to kill somebody. Because they don't want to do that. That's not a normal part of the job. So this whole idea that the left pushes, that cops just go out there because they want to murder black people, is absolutely ridiculous. Should bad cops be held accountable? 1,000%. Should good cops be protected? 1,000%. Good cops should not be in the way of people from the Catskills throwing Molotov cocktails into their police vans. Mm -hmm. That should not be an acceptable practice among the left or anybody. But bad cops should be arrested. They should be tried and hopefully convicted. A hundred percent. I still want those the cops from the Ab- Abner Luima uh, case to get their fucking head stomped in as much as possible. You know who in, does in what legal they manner do. in a legal manner in a, in a legal manner. Yes, we do not advocate for violence outside of the justice system. A very very legal manner. You know, some of these legal manners, you know, they're all signed on documents. Maybe you can lose some of the documents and boating accidents. You know what I mean? 
Well, well maybe, maybe they get arrested and or, and convicted, and then they go to jail, and someone stomps their head out. <laughs> it's like pedophiles. Pedophile, you know, listen, don't drop the pedophile down the stairs. You're going to get fired. You know when he gets to jail, someone's going to shank him. Mm-hmm. It's just going to happen. Yeah. So there are different forms of justice, people. <laughs> but we do not advocate for violence against anyone. We do not advocate for anyone to take themselves outside of the law or to do any of that stuff unless, you know, we get to the point where armed rebellion is necessary. But I think we're a long way off from that. Amen. I'm not advocating for armed rebellion. The government is not tyrannical, people. It is not. We need changes, but the government is not tyrannical. All right, guys, for today, that is our show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, thank you're welcome. If you didn't, well, then I guess you're just not smart enough to get what we're doing over here. But, guys, make sure you share, like, and subscribe. Make sure you listen to us on all audio platforms under Empire State Conservatives Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY. Follow Tack on Instagram at SolomonTack. That's two A's and a C. There is no K in Tack. Tack, I'm so, I, I just want to say I'm so glad that you are back on the show tonight. <laughs> I miss you so much. I'm glad to be back, too. But I got things. <laughs> yeah, everyone's busy. Everyone has a real life. This is, this is our fun time. But, guys, make sure that you check us out on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on Twitter at Empire State Cons, on YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network, and make sure to visit our website at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com. We have all of our stories there, our links to our videos and our audio and our store. Remember, all the profits from our merchandise goes back into the business so we can spread the message, so we can get good candidates like... Peter from last episode, his Greek last name, I can't remember how to pronounce it, Beth Parlato, Liz Joy, people like that, people who are looking to make a difference and serve the people and help fix New York. So for that, everyone stay safe and don't let fear take your freedom. Mm-hmm.